Okay. Now we're recording. <laughs> okay. There was a little bit of a delay. It went three, two, one, zero, 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 <laughs> zero. No joke. It was a flashing zero. And then finally, <laughs> now we're recording. So uh, welcome to Zencaster. Um, me, John, you want to start us off? Welcome to Tooltip Time, the podcast that will help you never spend money on the wrong software or service again. Today, we're going to be talking about Zencaster, um, which is actually really funny because this was the first tool that I used to record remotely um, with my co-podcaster. How fun. Yeah, I've never used Zencaster before. This is my first time with it. And right now, I'm kind of falling in love with all these little features just from the recording process alone. Well, it's definitely improved since I last used it. And I think the thing that's going to be interesting during our recording is if something goes wrong, because Zencaster's setup is a dream, but if something goes wrong, it's a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) So far, it is a dream at this moment. Do we want to go up with the sign-up process? Yeah, yeah. So how is it signing up? Yeah, well, when I clicked the use for free option, uh, it said it didn't support Firefox browser. So I started off Zencaster being really... Uh, kind of PO'd, actually, because <laughs> I love Firefox. That's how I went to a long time ago. And so anyway, but they said you have to use Chrome, uh, Brave, mm-hmm. or Edge browser. Yeah. The other issue I had was I had to resend my email verification like three times. And I use that as an opportunity just to contact support and <laughs> maybe see what they say back. Email verification did arrive several minutes later. It was just a small delay. Uh, and then I selected what was called the 14-day trial Ooh. for the paid tier love yeah i paid for zencaster too and it and it it was worth it though because you know i was just starting out podcasting and my co-podcaster lived in new jersey and you know we it was the first time that we were like booking guests and it was it was like it was like how am i going to manage everyone's schedules all at the same time you just record remotely this is before covid and and recording remotely just made the most sense because you can then record at a time that's convenient to everyone so if you're like very stressful and you're just getting into podcasting you know it's not really worth it to bring everyone into a professional studio if it, if it's like like a baby's just starting to walk do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think just like the ease of use of this, the fact that aside from those very small little hiccups, I don't think they're anything that's going to trip somebody up and stop them from using it. Aside from all that, just actually hitting record, inviting you to this thing and then hitting record. Pretty, I mean, easy versus like having to download software and then record that. And then I don't know, whichever. I, I think so far the layout is pretty appealing. Yeah, what's really good is that your guests don't have to download any software. They can just plug their microphones into the computer, which is obviously the best way to record. If you've never done a podcast before, I'm going to say this on every episode. Do not let them use cordless headphones. It just sounds terrible. I've never used a cordless, a cordless headphone, really. Someone would use that because there's going to be a delay, isn't it? Yeah, with the so there's a delay, but then also when the voice processes through the Bluetooth and then into the recorder, it has kind of a tinny quality that doesn't give you that whole sound. So it, even if your guests can't afford like a Shure mic or a Blue or whatever, whatever the whatever the hottest podcasting microphone is, it's way better for them to just plug in some earphones into their ears and then either use their laptop's mic or the mic that comes with their headphones. Because the way that capturing sounds work is that it the, the closer you can get to recording the original sound wired into the computer, 
the richer the sound will be. Yeah. And what's nice, though, with Zancaster, they do claim to provide studio quality sound. That's when you do sign up. It's really big where they say, hey, we're Zencaster, high fidelity podcasting. They do promise the following, that Zencaster will record a lossless 16-bit 48K wave audio track per guest, regardless of internet connection, with no time limits. Uh, it just says simply send a link and receive a separate track per guest. So far, that remains to be true. <laughs> well, we haven't actually listened to the recording quality, so maybe when you get we get to that segment, then we'll reveal the, the dirty we'll, details. We'll circle back. Um, so <laughs> but beyond that, there, we, we have been discovering a lot of really cool tools, at least for, on the producer side. They've really pimped themselves out and have a lot of really... Ooh, is that is that one of the tools? <laughs> that is one of the tools. Apparently, I can just um, click a piano and I can stop it whenever I want. In fact, I can actually add any other sounds, which I didn't queue up, sadly enough, for this. But I am kind of just enjoying this piano. I feel like as throughout this, <laughs> I might just throw that under your voice <laughs> to add dramatic effect. I know. And, and if you're not really familiar with sound editing and doing a sound design, being able to have the sounds in the studio so that you can use them in real time will save you a lot of time in the editing room. Obviously, you can add that stuff after if you are more experienced, but it's really cool to have a soundboard during the recording session. Right, because you can actually respond to it. Yeah. You know, like if someone said something funny, you could play like a trumpet sound. If someone was like really sad, you'd play the piano music again. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can just keep playing it over and over and over again and annoy your (laughs) co-hosts. That is true. Also from the, from the guest experience, it's, it's, I think it's reassuring that Zencaster lets you know, like the quality of your connection, because the thing that can go wrong with remote recordings, and this is a problem that most people find in Zoom, is that they can never tell when their guest's Zoom is not working properly. Whereas with Zencaster, you can always see the health of the connection. And if the health of the connection is bad, your Zencaster recording is bad. It's not that it ruins the recording, like it will keep recording. You never have to be worried about losing the recording. Even if Zencaster loses connection to the internet, but the browser's open, it will stay. But the problem is you won't be communicating in real time. And that is the horror story that made me stop using Zencaster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So right now it's passing. I see the green dot. It says passed. It shows me uh, local backup data that that it's storing. It shows me a cloud backup. And it's really neat. It has that little uh, line with with the wave signatures. And you can see it responding to uh, the audio on the microphone. Yeah. And then you can, obviously your guests can mute their microphone. They can raise their hand. If it, let's say it's like a, a big talking podcast, but you don't want people talking over one another, um, you know, they can raise their hand when they have something to say. And you can secretly chat with your guests um, using the chat feature. Oh, I'm, I just wanted to test it out because I realized I might actually benefit from that. So I'm using the raising hand right now. <laughs> so, um, Judd has something to say. Oh, I just wanted to say that I was raising my hand. That was all. <laughs> no, um, it's a it's a cool feature, especially if you have like a quieter guest who's, who who you know has things to say, but doesn't necessarily want to interrupt everyone all the time. And you know, you can always mute your microphone. You can disable your video camera. Sometimes when you're typing up notes, you might want to just mute the mic so that no one can hear that. Something also interesting, aside from the chat box, you also have this footnote tab. So at any time during the recording, I can add a footnote. Let's just see one. I'm going to type in footnote. Yeah, so if I just type my footnote in, it gives me a timestamp right there. Now, something I really wanted to touch on, Mijan, was the support. Uh, we started out, before we even were talking about this whole show, we were going we to try and pit the support teams against each other with all the tools we were demoing. <laughs> 
So I did send them a support email. I actually needed to use it right away just because it had with the email sign up and understanding why I couldn't use Firefox. And support did reply back, but it took them 12 hours and 32 minutes. That's a long time. If something went wrong during your recording, that could really be like you'd have to cancel the recording. You would. Yeah. So it wasn't instantaneous. And I do, you know, I understand that it was late afternoon, early evening. So possibly their chat team is just not 24 seven around the clock. So if support is a issue or a concern for you, um, I would call that a little bit of a, you could call it a pain point, I guess. Definite pain point. But the cool thing is that and this is something we're, we're really thinking about in terms of like who might be using this tool. This is a great way to start podcasting if you're just like a hobbyist because you can use it for free with up to four guests and you have unlimited audio recordings. So, you know, you can also record audio and video, which we are doing. I don't know if we're going to let that see the light of day, but it it's real. <laughs> I know because you can see my awful, like my, my studio is just trash. Well, I just have letters <laughs> on the ground. It's not trash. I know. But the beauty of podcasting is spending time with, with our voices, not necessarily our faces. Um, yes. but, but even if you choose to then pay for the, you know, the, the, the $20 a month, that's not super expensive. So it's actually really good for like a small startup that's just getting started or even a business that wants to like dabble into podcasting, maybe like start a small content arm, but not necessarily spend a whole lot of money in terms of getting the setup for your podcast to get started. Yeah. I mean, you get it's $18 a month for the yearly or it's $20 a month for the monthly. So, you know, you save yourself two bucks a month if you subscribe to the annual plan. That's not bad. I mean, honestly, for all these tools you get added in, especially if you're just starting podcasting, I think this is a great way to get your feet wet. Yeah, I, I would say, though, that for most of the recording, your camera has been very blurry. And so if I were if I were going to do like a video element to my podcast, I might not use this service because I would want interesting. I would want it to look good. You know what I mean? Wait a second. So your video camera doesn't look bad. I mean, it looks maybe a little misty, kind of a little glowy, like we might be going into a flashback sequence or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll also like look at the video after and maybe maybe my view just is weird. But <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe this video will see the light of day. I, I always found that Zencaster worked pretty well. The only problem is the specific browser requirements. Sometimes when you're speaking with, you know, let's say older people that have older devices that they refuse to update, they will not be able to use Zencaster. And that's just right. what it's going to have to be. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't recommend this to my mom if she wanted to start her own podcast, <laughs> which God forbid, I hope she doesn't because I don't <laughs> Well, I mean, it, I don't know what she would say. It depends on who you're interviewing. So, right, if, if, you're, if your podcast has older guests, I probably might not want to do this. <laughs> to give you an example, let's say that I was a college professor and I wanted to interview like people who are, you know, researchers in my field, right? If I was in a, a field that lets you age well, this might not be the service because that person might actually do better if you just phone called them and recorded the recording of the phone call rather than, you know, ask them to like set up their laptop and plug all these things in. And, you know, obviously that's something that, you know, each project will tell you what it needs, but for like a, like a nice juicy startup or like, you know, a hip millennial, zillennial, Gen X, or what is that's not Gen X now. It's like Gen Z. It is. It's the Zoomers. Whatever they are. Um, <laughs> this is probably the perfect service for it. <laughs> yeah. Whoever they are, this is perfect for them. <laughs> I'm not one of them. So I just, I always get confused. Yeah. But Zencaster, 
I want to give them props. It is way better than I remember. And what I remember was a horror story. So, you know, it gets better every <laughs> I couldn't remember what it sounded like. We said horror story, right? That's what it made me think of. So, um, yes, this this is this is my memory of Zencaster. The one time that it took me three hours to do a one hour recording because we kept on losing <laughs> our connections and no one's health activity passed. It was so bad. And we're back. We are going to hear talk about what it was like to download the audio from that whole recording that we did here on Zencaster and what the cutting together was like, what that sounded like. We want to give you the full experience of what it's like to actually use this software from beginning to end. So at the end of the recording or in the middle of our recording, we stopped, downloaded the recording so it could be edited. And the experience for the guest is that once the recording is done, the files get uploaded and I don't have to send my podcast producer anything. That's pretty great because as the producer, I have access to all the files. Uh, and in fact, after stopping the recording, it only took a few seconds to upload, which was I was there was there was no delay whatsoever like you would normally with Zoom. The file was ready and it allowed me to download video in addition to the audio. And when you click download on the video file, you get the isolated audio and the video for you and then a whole other file that's the isolated audio and video for me. So if you were to, you know, place those two files next to each other in your video editor, they would sync up perfectly. Which is great because, I mean, as someone that makes like YouTube videos in interview format, what's so annoying is trying to sync the audio when you have two different people speaking. And getting two separate videos that you could easily place into a video editor is so clutch because it's going to save you so much editing time. 100%. And the quality of the audio was solid. There was one hiccup. I believe it was just from local reasons, internet connection, because Zencaster takes care of the audio quality. It's otherwise solid. I didn't even have to add any noise reduction plugins. Audio sounded great all on its own. That being said, we are using professional mics. I use an Amazon Basics professional USB condenser. I do not use an interface. So, you know, I always have to add a little bit of a filter normally unless the software does it for me. And I'm using the SM7B because I don't enjoy mixing my voice. It just comes in clean as long as I know how to talk into the microphone, which I think I'm still learning. I'm, I'm, I'm always learning how... You I'm, sound great. What you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> there was really one funny instance where as soon as we wanted to start this new recording, I hit create new recording and it put this session into a whole separate tab. And me, John, vanished for a little bit. We couldn't communicate. <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. We were falling into some other dimension. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, now we're back. And it this just... is where that scary music comes back in. <laughs> oh, Yeah. It was a dark time. I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't know where me, John, was. If I would ever I see him ever again. <laughs> and what the experience for the guest is that basically like everything just crashed. And then all of a sudden I had to like rejoin in. So, you know, just know that if you finish a recording and it downloads, it will start a new session and you should warn your guest. So as we said, this podcasting tool is amazing for you know, anyone from a small business to a large business that wants to simplify the podcast recording process because you're going to get quality sound audio. It's going to be easy for you to schedule time to record with your guests. Your guests will not need a lot of tools in order to set up for the recording. You also get audio visual files at the end. This is not the place if you are very well versed in sound engineering 
and you really want to have full control over the end product. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And the other pain points too, just to reiterate, was really just the browser issues and support. Because I would say if you're well-versed in audio engineering or any sort of editing cutting together, if you do run into an issue, you're likely going to be on a tight deadline. Or I just feel like you would be in a situation where you would need to contact someone quick. So, you know, 12 hours, I don't know. I'm going to give them a little bit of a low grade for that. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because, you know, like you don't have time to lose. And this person, if you have like a big name, they probably only have like 45 minutes. So you have to be able to start on time. Right. And if you if you tested the software earlier in the day, but then your internet goes out, you're screwed. Um, or you could just like anyone would just have them call in and you'd do it that way. But, you know, that's that's for the more experienced podcasters out there. Yeah. So I do have one question. When you got your finished files, did you get a separate file for your soundboard? Funny you should say that because I didn't download that file at first. I just downloaded your audio and my audio. So when I was cutting it together and I was waiting for that soundboard piano to appear <laughs> and it didn't and you're just responding to nothing. <laughs> and I was a little devastated because I thought, oh, man, they don't include that. And I was just I was just being dumb. And the, yeah, there's a whole separate file for the soundboard. And yeah, problem was problem was solved. <laughs> OK, cool. Well, then that's great, though, because then you can use that audio or you could even replace it if you if, you, if it came in too early or too late and move it around. Because I, I the only thing that would be bad is if you didn't and it was on your audio track. Right. And then you're kind of like stuck trying to edit your voice out from like what's really actually very good audio for sound design. Yeah. I'd say overall, Zencaster, I would definitely use it for a project. And yeah, like you said, I would keep it to probably people newer to podcasting, maybe middle of the road, maybe you're slowly growing your team. It is really handy to just be able to invite up to 10 people. I would love to try this out with more than just two. Maybe we'll get to do that down the road. Well, Jude, it's been so fun chatting with you. And for everyone that's listening, we'll see you next time. What time is that, Mijon? Tool tip time. Tool tip time. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs>